Welcome to the Christ Walk Church Podcast. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Who says that you can't have fun in church? Um, Man, what an incredible day it has been already. We have recliners on our stage, guys. Um, The cars that were outside earlier, the putt-putt, root beer, um, uh, popcorn and pretzels, man. uh, Like, this has just been such a fun day. The recliners, we got these from Lots Furniture. Um, here on the island, and uh, the cars were provided by uh, Eight Flags Auto Sports. That sweet belt, that's not, that's not a fake thing. That, that was the real deal um, supplied to us by North Florida Muay Thai. Um, somebody, like, there's blood, sweat, and tears in that thing. And um, what, just what an incredible uh, time to be here and just to celebrate dads. Uh, I can remember a little over 12 years ago, um, Sarah and I, we lived in Jacksonville at the time, and we were, we were standing in the bathroom of the church parsonage that we lived in, and uh, I was, she couldn't watch. She had her head turned, and I was kind of leaning over, like, on the, on the bathroom counter, and I was staring at this little, you know, $3 stick of plastic. And then two little pink lines appeared, And my life, our lives were forever changed. Um, Three years later, we did the same thing and saw two more pink lines. And our lives were definitely changed because Avery showed up and broke the mold. Um, And and I remember, like, it didn't really, you know, like, when you you see that your wife tests positive to being pregnant, uh, it's a roller coaster of emotions. But... It wasn't until really when, when my kids got to the age, they were, they were uh, you know, a few months old, and I can remember both of them you know, standing over them or, or holding them. I think Luke, I was changing his diaper at the time, and he looked in my eyes, and he called me Dada. And I thought, I'm in so much trouble. Like, what, what, what am I going to do? Like, I'm, I'm responsible for this kid and then and then Avery she calls me you know she calls me dada or or you know now it's now they both still call me daddy Avery's is usually followed up by will you buy me whatever (laughs) fill in the blank you know Um, that's kind of how it goes Luke's is hey daddy you want to play some video games Avery is hey daddy you want to take me to the mall um, to go shopping Uh, and and I'm responsible for these kids and like that's a that's a big a big weight to carry, a, a, a big burden as a father to shoulder. And so one of the things that I've been truly blessed with is not only an incredible model of a Christian father in my own dad, who um, now I'm getting ready to turn 37 later this month, or uh, in, in a couple months, and um, uh, but now I can say that my dad is my best friend. Like we hang out and we enjoy each other's, each other's company and, and there's a mutual respect there. And, and I had just an incredible father um, and, and still do. Uh, and he's, he's setting the stage in front of me and modeling what it means to follow Jesus 
um, and, and to be the, the head of the household and, and everything. And I, I've been surrounded with other guys, other, other men um, throughout my entire life. Uh, even, even from a young age, guys that, that modeled it in front of me in kids' church. And then when I was in the youth group and in college, and then as I've come on staff at churches, and um, not just pastors that I've worked for, but men in the congregations in which I've served, that I've been so lucky and so blessed to be able to learn from. Because my kind of MO is I want to find out what you do really, really well, and then I want to steal it and act like it's my own thing. And so I try to find other dads who are just crushing it and say, I want to be like that guy. I want to do what that guy's doing. I want that kind of result in my kids and in my family. And I'm seeing the payoff because right now I'm just going to brag because I'm the pastor and I can and my kids are here. And um, my son is in the, is in the sound booth and, uh, this morning and he's, he's um, running lights and media. And my daughter was right down front with me um, here just singing her guts out. And um, when, when Reckless Love came on, she turned to me and she said, Daddy, I love this song. There's nothing better for a father to be able to share those kinds of experiences with their children. And we've talked about it a lot. Our goal isn't to raise straight-A students or all-star athletes. It's to raise up disciples. And it's not because of anything that I've done. It's because of the influence of others that are around me that have paved the way in front of me, that have, have set the stage and, and modeled what it's like to follow Christ as you are a father, that have helped me to get to the place where I'm at. And all of the observation and all of the input and, and all of the late nights over, over coffee or Mountain Dew or whatever, you know, pouring in and, and people showing me, hey, this is where you've messed it up that have made me the father that I am today. And I'm by no means at the end of that journey. I've still got a long way to go. And so today I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you guys a little bit of insight into kind of what my life is like and how I've observed some of these other dads and the things that I've learned and gleaned from them because I don't want that just for myself. I wanna pass that along to you as well. And one of the, I, we talk about as a staff all of the time and, we have some incredible people that go to this church. We have some amazing people that call this place home. And today we're going to highlight some of them. And so in just a moment, I'm going to welcome some of my friends and some of the coolest dads around to the stage. And they're going to sit in these recliners and they're going to share a little bit about what it's like for them as a father. And I know that you're going to be challenged you're going to be encouraged, and you're going to be blessed by it. So our first guest, I would like for you guys to give a warm Christ walk welcome. Put your hands together and make some noise for Mr. Scott Wittosh and Mr. Mitch Murray. What an incredibly ridiculous morning this is. This is so awesome. I get to pastor this church. 
I'm living the dream right now, living the dream. This is incredible. Well, good morning, fellas. How are you today? Morning. We're doing fantastic, we've got, Pastor. We've got, we really appreciate it. We thank you so much for having a couple guys like us, you know, on your show today. It's just, it means a lot to me. <laughs> on my, my show. Awesome. Well, this is, uh, this is Mitch Murray. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to make it through today. This is, uh, and this isn't the church lady? I thought, no? <laughs> no, 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 oh, okay, not no, lady. not the church lady. Um, my good friends, uh, Mitch Murray and Scott Wittosh, um today that we're, we're kicking things off with. So uh, we'll just jump right in. Um, tell, me, tell me about your kids. Tell me about your families. Oh, my goodness, Pastor. I'm so blessed to have three amazing daughters. And they're in a group of the top seven favorite women in my life. One of those, of course, being my dear mother of 84 years. Another is the angel God sent to me that I'm blessed to call my wife. And then there's this little three-month-old granddaughter that is pretty special. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Carrie Underwood. <laughs> so it all started back in 1980. <laughs> When I got married, and um, my first daughter came along in 1981. Now, for you math majors out there, let me explain something to you. I got married in June of 1980, and Morgan came in August of 1981. So I just wanted to clarify that. There was no <laughs> shotguns involved. So Morgan is... Uh, she went to the University of Kentucky, Go Cats. Go Cats! And ended up graduating at uh, Eastern Kentucky. That's a different story for a different day. But she currently lives in Lexington still, and she's a... Mm, the Holy Land. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> she's a sales representative for a company called Logo Nation. She travels Lexington and part of Indiana, Ohio. And they offered her a regional manager spot for less money and more work. And she was smart enough not to take that, so she stayed right where she is. She is, thankfully, trying to get down here, and she's a great salesperson, uh, if anybody is looking for a salesman. <laughs> so, we'd love to have her down. Uh, my second daughter, uh, who I'm very lucky to have with us in the house tonight, is Ashton. Ashton Hope. She was a fairy tale wedding planner for Walt Disney for three years, and is currently, well, that's where she met Andy, her husband, who's an amazing guy, by the way. Um, but she's currently... Um, assistant manager, uh, club manager, and winning coordinator at um, Oyster Bay Yacht Club. There you go. <laughs> uh, and then my third and final daughter is Paige Elizabeth. Um, she's 29. She's born in 89. Uh, and she is a, the executive pastry chef at um, Bonavitra Inn and Country Club. Man, you kids are crushing yeah. it. Yeah. So she also has a three-and-a-half-year-old son, so they're pretty special to me. And he's been with us for Christ Walk a couple of times. You know, when they go into the nursery, you know, they check in, they get a number, and they tell you, you know, if there's any issue, you know, keep an eye on the screen. And I've never seen that number come up except when Jonah was in there. <laughs> okay? So that was, uh, I guess, one of those days. But uh, his name is Jonah Mitchell. Okay, so I was really 
honored to, to have them carry that name. And then my granddaughter is Avery Murray. So that was pretty neat too. Avery's a special name. Very, very good name. Very good name. So your, your situation quite a bit different than his. You know, he's been around the block. I'm not calling you old. Thanks. Uh, yeah, my, my, my story didn't start till 82. So <laughs> I definitely don't have that option of children at that age. So I love, I love your shirt, coolest dad ever. That's right. And um, this is definitely for the Witashes a day of celebration, um, unlike any other. So tell me a little bit about, uh, about your journey and, well, and your story. So number one on the shirt, I did not buy the shirt myself. <laughs> um, this was given to me by my five fuzzy children, because we do have five lovely fuzzy children that destroy my house on a daily basis. We can't have nice things. Uh, <clears throat> but... For, for this year, um, and the reason why I'm actually sitting here, I think, is because this word, coolest, should be most excited, um, expectant, just incredibly humbled, all those other words that could possibly come along with previous to being a dad. So for me, um, this is just a, a crazy honor to be sitting up here with somebody as cool as Mitch and yourself, actually, Pastor. Um, <laughs> Good save. Yeah, Good save. Uh, but, but the reason for it, is, is, for me, um, it's just because of, of the trial and tribulation and the effort um, to get here. So there definitely is a story there. Um, it's definitely a, t a testimony um, to share. Um, and that testimony to share is that, you know, my wife and I, Rachel, um, who is the love of my life, um, we struggled for, for this child. Um, it was a four-and-a-half-year process for us. Um, so it was something that we prayed every single day, multiple times a day for. Um, we went through lots of different uh, maybe current medical day things um, for, for assistance. And that didn't really uh, have the answer, to be honest with you, unfortunately, a couple different ways. Um, and I will tell you that um, it has been a, a crazy whirlwind. We have 63 days um, and until we are due, obviously. Now it depends on what Sawyer decides he wants to do uh, when that actual day is. Um, but I know that Rachel's starting to feel like, okay, any day now. Any day. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> that being said, though, um, I will tell you that, that um, on December 14th um, of 2017 was the absolute cruelest day of my life. Um, as four days earlier, we had actually written a check, a sizable check, to do some IVF treatments, kind of moving forward and trying to do the next thing. Um, but, but God delivered um, on all the expectation and prayer. So four days after that is when we found out that we were, we were pregnant. So, so pretty, awesome. pretty cool. Your, uh, your testimony is incredible. God's, God's faithfulness is, is just so, so, so amazing. And so that's, that's just a powerful, a powerful thing to share. So um, tell me a little bit about what are, what's your favorite part about being a dad and maybe in your case, a, a grandpa. Um, and then what's, what's your favorite part about being a, a dad to be? Why'd you say it like that, grandpa? <laughs> No, Pastor, it's, it's, I've been really blessed. Um, yeah, we grew up in a Lutheran church. Um, my mom drug me out of bed every morning, and yeah, I was an acolyte, did the whole, the whole thing there. And then when we moved here in 82, kids were real young. We uh, attended Prince of Peace uh, Lutheran Church, and I was a Sunday school teacher. And so, you know, planted, tried to plant that seed early. And um, when we moved to Kentucky, uh, my two youngest ones were really involved with the church, real similar to this, kind of between us and Journey-type-sized church in the drama club, did some missions trips and that kind of stuff. So just seeing that uh, grow in their hearts and then for them to become really strong women, they've all been alone at times and uh, struggled at times and 
for them to come to um, know the God, know the Lord, and uh, to see Him and what He does, you know, every day of their lives is just it's just more than I can comprehend. Sometimes, you know, um, when they call me on the phone and say, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with this, Dad. I'm struggling with this. I just I just prayed for it, and I just prayed for it. And when I walked out the door, boom, it was there, and he gave it to me. And just, just, just to hear a conversation like that come out of your daughter, it's just, it's just amazing. That's cool. That's cool. What about you? So, you know, um, what I'll say is that, well, again, it's, it's huge in expectation for me. I have, you know, common just daily daydreams of what it will be like what I'll be able to share, what I'll be able to do, um, if he'll be able to take care of his mother and I upon, you know, some form of professional, um, you know, situation, <laughs> which, you know, that my, my, my mother, actually, so grandma, to be here, um, has already told us it seems like a very executive name, so we're very excited about Sawyer Reed being a very high executive situation. Um, Future we, tithe payer. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, and, and tither, clearly. Clearly, very, very large tither. We want to do that. Uh, but I think what's, what's really interesting for me, so today can, can also be a, a bitter day for me. I did lose my dad when I was 19. So this has been a, a process that, you know, for me, and other years, so to speak, it's been kind of a waiting with expectation, been a, a challenge to, to think of all the years since 2001 that I haven't had my father. Um, and all the things that, you know, he didn't have an opportunity of, of seeing fulfilled, so to speak, and some of the things he wanted um, in, in my life. Um, and, and I just really hope, I guess I, I, I continue to, to hope that I get more time to be able to just be as awesome as a yeah. father to my son as my dad was for me. So that's, that's what I wait for. So good. So good. Um, so let's maybe be a little bit vulnerable. Um, what's... Uh, What's one of your biggest struggles being a dad? Um, maybe for you, maybe one of your biggest fears of being a dad, maybe an epic fail moment or um, something like that, that that you would want to share. How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to tell, tell you it's hard, Pastor. It's hard. Getting woke up two or three times a night when she's got to get up and feed the baby. You know, it's hard. <laughs> It's hard when you change in the change a diaper and then you have to change your clothes too after that. It's tough. <laughs> and it's hard to see that broken lip bleeding after she fell into the, at three years old, fell into the coffee table uh, twirling like a ballerina. It's hard. It's tough. It's hard to watch your eight, nine, ten-year-old daughter don't remember how old she was, sliding into home in a softball team, softball game, and getting tangled up with the catcher, who was her best friend, and she falls on her leg and breaks it, not to mention that she was out, and they lost the game. It's hard. It's a true story. And it's hard to watch him pull out of the driveway with a brand-new, shiny driver's license in their wallet. And then getting that phone call an hour later, Dad, I just ran into the back of a brand-new Lexus SUV. <laughs> True story. <laughs> she might be the one who's sitting in the front not, row today. Not that we're pointing fingers or naming names, <laughs> but she's right there in the front row. That was like a, that was like a Care Bear stare right there. And it's hard stalking them when they say they're going to driving to Susie's house after work and you follow them and they don't go to Susie's house. <laughs> it's hard. 
<laughs> but it does get easy when you're walking down the aisle and with them on your arm and you see that man at the end of the end of the aisle on the altar just deer in the head like look knows uh just you know just how much he loves her it's it gets a little easier it really does and then to see him grow it's amazing that's cool that's cool um what about you What's maybe like one of your biggest fears about? Obviously, you don't want to screw them up. That's, I mean, my biggest, <laughs> my biggest fear, uh, you know what I mean? And have them do the things. I think there's every, every parent and father out in the, in the congregation today and watch online and in the world basically would probably say, you know, they did things that maybe, number one, will come out later in stories when they're old enough. Um, and you just hope they don't repeat those same situations. Um, but I think the one thing that is, is very probably going to be easy for for, my, for Rachel and I um, is going to be to try to hold them back too much. Um, I think that is there's one thing that, that it's easy to do, especially when you've been waiting for maybe as long as we have to over over hold and, and helicopter, as it might be called today, um, you know, to, to do those things. And I, I want to uh, allow that child, that, you know, Sawyer to experience what he needs to experience. And again, remember that God has him. The father has him. That's right. And, and the truthful thing is he's going to give him protection. If we do the right things in our life and we continue to honor him the way we do, he will have every bit of protection he needs. That's right. That's right. So uh, if, if you're going to leave these people with um, maybe your best piece of fatherly advice, maybe this is something that, that you've learned yourself, um, or maybe it's even something that your dad or another father figure in your family or in your life passed along to you, um, what would you want to tell people, father to father, person to person? Well, you just got to be there. You know, you got to be there uh, and, and grow with them. And you can't fix them. Don't, that's, as men, we try to fix things. You know, a lot of times you just want to, you're just there for support, for a shoulder to lean on and cry on. Um, you know, life is like photography. We need negatives to develop, you know? So, you gotta, you gotta let go, and you gotta prioritize. Okay, you gotta put God first. You gotta put your family second, and then everything else doesn't matter. Your job, your golf, golfing, your fishing, whatever. Put those things first, and spend time on the first one on God. Spend time with God. Pray for your kids. Okay, pray for them, and just be there with them. And don't get tied up with the material things, you know. You, it, it, life is going to happen. Um, short story, we were on vacation a couple weeks ago, and I lost my, my phone. So I frantically backtracked for two hours looking for it, and I said, well, I left it at the hotel. So we're driving back to the hotel. My wife looked at me and said, what are you doing? What are you doing? What if it was your daughter that was missing? And I just it came down, just reality strike. You know, just, just don't get up, don't get tied up with the material things. God first, family too. That's that's powerful, powerful stuff right there. That's that's good, that's good. What about what about you? Uh, number one, you let the pregnant eat what she wants. That's <laughs> for all the, all those who are going to be in that expectant situation. You just let her do what she needs to do. You don't say anything, and then it doesn't matter if she wants custard every single day. That's what you do. Um, but most importantly, um, again, faithfulness, faithfulness and trust. 
um, I think that that is one thing, you know, especially for the journey that we had gone on for four and a half years and a large financial uh, burden um, inside that time frame. Um, it's funny, we never went without. So once again, um, I think that it is key that if you are, again, footing the Lord first, if you're giving him your first fruits, if you are doing, doing that tithing piece, it's amazing how those bills grow, yet somehow you suffice and somehow we still move on and somehow money that shouldn't have been there was there. Um, that's that's what I think true true believing, again, I think you know, Pastor Jim, you say it all the time, as a matter of fact, um, you know, where your where your heart is, it's funny, you'll, you'll see how easy it is for people to either give it up or not give it up when it comes to monetary things, especially to the Lord. Um, so I think, again, God first, and then clearly family. Right now, my family is all sitting in one seat, so I'm excited for it to be in, <laughs> to be in two seats. Can we give it up for these guys, Scott and Nick? So good. Thank you guys so much. Man. I really appreciate it. This is so, so awesome. So, so awesome. Thank you. Um, one, of, one of the dads we wanted to talk to uh, presents a really unique situation in that two of his kids aren't really his kids. And so um, he's actually traveling today to go and surprise his dad um, this morning. So they were, they were traveling up to Tennessee to, um, to surprise his dad, but we still wanted to capture a little bit of his testimony and for you guys to be able to learn and glean from him as well. So if you'll turn your attention to the screen, um, you're going to love this. I'm here with one of my very favorite dads at Christ Walk Church, and even though he's a Tennessee Vol fan, I still like him. And uh, some of you might know this guy. This is Nate McNew, and Nate's got kind of a unique situation when it comes to being a father. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Tell me about your kids. Well, I have four kids now, uh, two biological, uh, Hudson and Branson. Uh, Hudson is four years old and Branson is two years old. Uh, we recently took on two foster kids six months ago. Uh, Leanne just turned four and Ronald just turned two. So they're four and under wow. in the house. You got four kids age four and under in your house. Um, what about being a foster parent, uh, you know, what, what caused you guys to make that decision to bring these other kids into your house when you already had two kids of your own? Well, Kim and I felt like we needed to do something. Um, we didn't know what it was. We just knew there was, we could have more action in our life yeah. um, being Christ followers. Um, and uh, the Bible talks a lot about children. Um, so what we decided to do was take on uh, some foster kids, um, took our classes, and, uh, and we chose our ages. Uh, since we have two small ones, we thought, hey, maybe another small one, or in this case it happened to be two, a brother and sister. Uh, we decided to uh, take them on um, just, to, just to help fulfill this um, need that we had or mm -hmm. role that we wanted to play. Uh, to help some children. Man, that's, that's incredible. And, and I've gotten some time to spend around all four of your kids. Um, and they are, they're awesome. And you yeah. guys, you guys are tremendous parents and, and you're, you're a great dad. So, um, what, what is it about being a dad that, that you love? Like, what's the, what's the thing or the, you know, maybe the two or three things that you really like, this is, this is my favorite part about being a dad. Being a dad is, 
it's probably the greatest accomplishment, I guess, just um, uh, that that I never thought I could maybe do successfully. Yeah, <laughs> if that if that makes sense. Sure. Um, being a father of two boys is like two mirror images of me. Um, they, some people say they look like me. Some people say they don't. Uh, I don't know which one is good or bad. Uh, but it's every everything I do. You have these little, small humans just following you around, watching everything you do. Um, even just simple things like mowing the grass. You you teach these boys uh, values. Um, you teach them you know, how to take care of things. And, and I love just having them out in the yard with their little fake mowers. And, um, and they just follow me around and they ask me questions. Why, why are you cutting the grass? Yeah. And, and boys or girls, you get the same question as, uh, the question of why, like you've mentioned before, you get that question of why, and, and it's not easy to explain things, but, um, sometimes you get to make up fun answers in your head. Uh, <laughs> But it's it's just amazing knowing that these these kids, whether it's a boy or a girl, um, that they are a heritage from the Lord. Yeah, man, that's cool. Um, and the Bible talks about how to how to raise your children. So um, God is saying, "Here's some kids." The Bible talks about it. It gives you instruction. It says, "Here's some kids. Now, what are you going to do with them?" Yeah. So. Uh, well, I know that, you know, I see you posting stuff on social media, you know, you hanging out with your kids, you're, you're always at Chick-fil-A or, yeah. um, you know, you guys are out in the pool together and it's always, it's always super cool to see you just, you know, part of the thing, one of the things that you do well, I think is just, just being a presence in their lives. And it seems like you guys are always palling around and hanging out and doing stuff together. And that's something that I really admire about you and the way that, that you raise your kids and, and something that I'm just, I'm seeing just through observation. Um, so that's, that's the good part of being a dad. Um, what's the part of being a dad that you struggle with the most or maybe like an epic failure that you've experienced or, um, you know, something that you, you just, you know, that you had a hard time with? How much time do we have <laughs> to talk about the failures? I think, I think my worst, I think my worst uh, failure is realizing that there's still four and two. Um, I think sometimes I expect more out of them. Yeah. Um, I get that, uh, or I got that a lot from my dad. Um, he expected me to, to be, a, to be uh, and do and accomplish a lot of things. Um, so it, it's not a bad thing, but I do have to remember that they don't, and Hudson reminds me all the time, he says, I don't understand what you just said. And so then I try to explain it a different way, and he still doesn't get it. So sometimes I forget that he's just four and Branson's just two. And um, I sometimes don't let them be the kid that they need to be um, for a couple more years. But I'm trying to instill uh, something into them um, that as they get older, uh, it'll help them in the way that they need to go. But I think I think patience is big. With, and I, yeah. I think that's big with any parent is patience. It's, it's hard being a parent. Um, but giving them time to grow up, but to do do the 
do the kid part of their life. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So um, if you were going to give dads advice, and, and this could be something that's unique to you that, that you've learned, or maybe something that your dad or another, another uh, father figure you know, passed down to you in your life or whatever, if you were going to give any advice to a dad out there, be it um, a dad of a child under four or a dad of, you know, of, of, of any age, what advice would you pass along one dad to another? One dad to another, uh, again, I would say let kids be kids, but be, but be there um, uh, present in their life and, and give them guidance, even as a child. Um, uh, my dad, he, uh, he always told me, um, he said, do what you're supposed to do and then some. So, um, and that, that was good for me. Um, did I always listen? Not, not really. Did I, <laughs> um, you know, playing sports as a, as a little kid, you just, you just want to get out there and play, but then you, you have your, you have your dad or your mom, or whatever, you know, just sometimes really getting after you or whatever the case is, whether it's piano or whatever the case is. And kids sometimes just don't want to give that extra little bit. Um, I would say, understand that but let your kids be kids and um and help them motivate them um uh and be positive to them that's good that's good nate man thanks so much for doing this appreciate your time you're a great dad thanks three down two more to go we're gonna keep it rolling with two of the coolest dads in the whole church give it up for Les Crawford and Pete Campanelli. Hit this smile. What the rock? Yeah! Pete's going to take a nap. Is that because you're old? I don't. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Well, guys, how are you this morning? I'm well. How about you? Doing well, doing well. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Man, today. you are always like just chill and like, I mean, you just exude cool. Like, look at, look at, how he's, look how he's sitting in that recliner. I could never sit in a chair like that. Like, like I, I just look stupid. You look awesome. I don't, I don't know how you, I don't know how you do that. It just, it just happens. Maybe take some lessons or something. Um, This is Les Crawford and uh, Pete Campanelli, uh, two incredible, incredible men and incredible, incredible fathers that are here um, at Christ Walk. We're so thankful that, that they're a part of this and a part of this body and. Um, so let's, let's just jump in. Tell me a little bit about your families and, and your kids. Um, my wife and I, Lois, back there somewhere, uh, we moved here about three years ago um, with our two boys, Luke, who's 12, and Hank, who's nine. Um, and additionally, back home in my ancestral homeland of the Bronx, um, <laughs> I have a, an adult son who's 36 years old, and a, a new grandson who's about a month and a half right now. Very cool, very cool. 
and uh, you, you bring kind of a, a unique thing to the table as well. So tell us a little bit about your family and your kids. I would say yes, it's very unique. Um, my wife, Crystal, she's out there. Um, we, we were married about 12 years. 12 years before uh, my wife found out she was pregnant. And when we went to the doctor, the doctor said it was twins. So I'm like, yes, one for each arm. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, as it went on, you know, uh, she had to, we would go to the doctor appointments together and everything just so I could see the kids and everything moving around. And then... I decided to go to work one day. She went by herself. She said, no, it'll be okay if I go to the doctor uh, appointment by myself. So I said, all right, great. So I uh, went on into work and everything, and she calls me at the job. So she says, are you sitting down? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no. At first, you know, thought the worst. Something happened to one of the kids and all that. So I say, no, just tell me I can deal with anything. Just tell me, let me know. She said, well, okay, um, the doctor says all three of the kids are just fine. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Whoa, it's two, right? No, that's why I asked you where you sitting down. <laughs> so I said, okay, okay. I said, that's it, that's it. You never go to another doctor's appointment by alone. I said, the next time you go, you might come back with four, so. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go together from there, but um, it's, it's been amazing. It's, it's amazing. I have two beautiful daughters and a handsome son, you know, so yeah, uh, Les Jr., Leslie, and Layla, and three different personalities <laughs> all together. One thing is for sure, being around the kids of either of these two guys, there's not a dull moment. Um, at any point, uh, there's always something going on, always some, some form of excitement or something that is, uh, um, you know, gotten to spend time with, um, you know, with, with, uh, with, with Pete and his kids. And then um, always running to your kids at the grocery store, I feel like. And seeing your wife wrangle three <laughs> kids in the grocery store, yes. we just go home and we pray. That's all that we do. <laughs> we just pray for the Crawfords. <laughs> So uh, tell me a little bit about what's, what's your favorite thing? What's the best part about being a dad? Uh, a lot of good things about being a dad. Both my boys are really affectionate kids and simply, you know, watching TV and they will jump on your, on your side or on your hip, on your lap. They're always there. Um, and that's great. But the best thing is... I can remember when Luke was very young, like Lois asking me, what, what do you pray for your kids? What do you, what do you pray? And um, I prayed for softness, for, for sensitivity. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> and they are. And Luke is, and Hank are so sensitive and good-natured kids that uh, that's what brings me the most joy, is their, their kindness Hank recently got in trouble at school, and, and it was kind of, oh, what are you in trouble did you do? He was acting like his mama. That's what he was doing. <laughs> I told that boy, don't act like your mama. Be more like your daddy. But, but the reality was he got in trouble because he was, he was helping a kid who, who 
who needed food. He was hungry. He was giving him money. It was, it's like, ah, you're good. <laughs> Don't, you're not in trouble. You're, you're the best. So my kids are fantastic, great hearts, and that's, that's my favorite thing about being a dad. That is awesome. So, so cool. Thank you. They Thank are you. awesome. <laughs> well, you're awesome. Um, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's that's incredibly, incredibly powerful and, and encouraging. Uh, what What about you? What's your favorite part about being a dad? My favorite part about being a dad all together is listen to them try to convince their mom how to get out of trouble. <laughs> 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 so I listen as I'm uh, sitting in the other room or I'm on the sofa, like I'm looking directly at TV as they try and tell their mom why they should not be in trouble for this year. And my son, he's the ringleader of it. You know, <laughs> you would think he has a law degree in getting out of trouble. So, and I, we, uh, we don't discuss it in front of them. So when we go to the room or something, I'll say, and you're gonna fall for that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so she says, no, 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 you know, but I say, okay. So Leslie is the strong or leader of the group. So if mom says, no, I, you got to see your dad. So they send Leslie to see me because <laughs> she's the daddy's girl. So hey, you can hear him in there. Hey, no, you go in there. You know, I'm going to stay here. You go in. You know, so they send her in. And if they see she comes back out of the room with her head down, we're not getting out of this. <laughs> So that's my favorite part is listen to them chatter between each other. But my kids are loving, you know, even when we try to have daddy-daughter day or mom-son day, if they're separated for too long, they want to see each other. So me and my wife, we call each other and we plan a meet-up and all that. And when they see, hey, mom's here, you know, or hey, dad's coming, you know, and did y'all plan this year? <laughs> you know, so just having them and I love that they are as close as they are so that's cool that's very cool um so so sweet so sweet to just to to see to see your kids interact with each other and, and love on each other like that so definitely uh what about um you know maybe in a moment of vulnerability what about uh sharing with everybody maybe a, a struggle that you had or an epic fail moment or something like that just in your time of being a father? Never had one. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I find it, it, it's, myself gets in the way sometimes, my epic fail. I get, I get to, um, what, something incredible, I'm incredibly busy watching the Avengers movie or, or <laughs> making lunch or doing something. And, uh, and, uh, you know, they'll come up and, hey, can you get me this? Can you? I'm like, oh. And those are my fails when I get selfish and think that, gee, I'd rather be playing golf. I'd rather be riding my bike. I'd rather, but it's, and I get selfish and I get sometimes short, short-tempered, and, um, which uh, that, that bothers me. And I try to keep that to a minimum, but it still sneaks up on me sometimes. That's yeah. my fails. I feel you. I'm the same way. Same way. I know that's hard to believe. Um, absolutely. What, what about you? I believe my epic fail is patience. 
So each day, and my, my wife try, uh, tries to remind me of, of it each day and everything, but telling a kid uh, three times, and I'm like, whoa, my mom only had to tell me once, <laughs> and I was in there. You know, I did what she said do, you know, but again, I have a lawyer in the group, so why can't we do this later? Why do we have to do it now? You know, so talking to him, but um, I, I prayed from the beginning for patience, and I believe the Lord knew that I didn't have that amount of patience, so he gave me three at one time. Yep. So. But uh, it's been, uh, it's, it's still a challenge. It's an ongoing challenge, but um, the patience is growing. I'm understanding better. And I learn, I always tell Pete when we get together, hey, I learn from you. I learn from different guys around me, you know, uh, having kids at the age that they are now and at the age that my wife and I are at, you know, I've got some great men in my life who's taught me a lot, you know, and who I can reach out to and say, hey, man, I think I'm just failing miserably. And they say, what? And, you know, I'll, t I'll talk to my brothers and all, and my brothers say, oh, you're going to get that. Just wait till the days get. You're the hero now. And I hear your daughters and your son say that. Wait till they say, hey, Dad, drop me off at the corner. I don't want to be seen with you driving up to where the cool kids are. I don't know. That car you got, I don't know if they'll be saying that. You got a, you got a sweet ride, man. <laughs> well, thank you. It might, it, it might take your kids a little bit longer to get out of that stage, maybe. But, um, so if you were going to pass along some fatherly advice, something from your own life, or maybe um, that, that you've learned as being a dad, or, or maybe something that your dad or another father figure in your life instilled in you, if you could leave the people with one thing, what would it be? I've, I found, uh, and this may be because of just my personality, it may be I'm the middle child of six, um, but it, it served me well, I think, through my, my professional career with the kids, with people, is generally listen more than you talk. And that's hear, hear what your kids are saying, try to understand what they're saying, and react to that, uh, not just be always talking at them, do this, do this, do this. To learn your kids, learn what they, what they need and, and see to those needs as best you can. So good, so good. Great advice, great advice. But you, any advice that so you So mine need? is uh, pretty much on the same line as Pete. You got to listen to your kids, you know. Uh, again, hey, when Mitch and Scott was out here, we think we should uh, fix everything. Sometimes we don't have to fix it. They just want us to hear them and uh, understand what they're saying to us and all. And with three of them at a time talking to you, you know, on the only thing I can tell them, hey, one at a time, daddy can listen, but it's got to be one at a time. So um, it's just listening to them and letting them be a kid, you know. Uh, my brother-in-law, Paul Chin, I give him a lot of credit because I've watched him and how he raised my nieces, my niece, because they only had one child. But it was, hey, let them be a kid. Let them enjoy just being a kid. You don't have to rush them to adulthood because they're going to rush themselves there. So, But just let them be a kid. That's good stuff. Good advice. Guys, thank you so much for coming out and being a part of this. You guys give these guys a hand.
appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys. You know, truth be told, uh, you may have not had a dad like that in your life. Maybe you're a dad who's like missing the mark. The refreshing thing is that we have this model that is in front of us. There's a reason why God is called our heavenly father. And there's some, there's some important things that go along with that. And, and these guys, as cool as they are and as great as they are, there's times that they miss the mark and that they haven't been the perfect dad. They haven't been the, the, the model father to their kids. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that um, they haven't had a father that they can really put their faith in and their trust in and, and look up to. But we have this model, this picture of a heavenly father that scripture presents. And, and so I want to give some dads out there that maybe, maybe you think, man, I'm just not good at this. Like there's a way for you to know how to be better. And it's in accordance with the scriptures and, and with the model that's set before us by our heavenly father. And maybe, maybe you're a kid and somewhere along the way, your dad has let you down. And there's hurt and there's, there's anger and frustration and bitterness that has, has sunk in. Again, I want to encourage you, don't put all your eggs in the basket of your earthly father. He's going to let you down. But your heavenly father, listen to what the scriptures say in, in, in Romans in the New Testament. Paul, he's writing to the church in Rome in chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. He says, for all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, Together with Jesus Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. Really quickly, there's a few things that I take away from that, pa that passage. First thing is your relationship with your heavenly father is not about what you can do for him. It's about what he's already done for you. And he just wants to bring you into it. You know, and, and in that passage, Paul talks about us being adopted by God as children. And he's writing to Rome in the first century. And, and so um, Roman fathers in the first century, they would actually go to adopt these children. And there would be, there would be all, of, all of these children, and, and particularly boys, that they, would be, that they would put up in front of them on, on an auction block, so to speak. And those fathers, they would go and they would they would look at all of those boys and they would hand pick. They would choose the one that they wanted. In many cases, they would be choosing a child to carry on their family name. 
And when those children were chosen, they were not given some sort of second-rate adoption process or, or they weren't considered like some sort of second-class child. They were adopted by that family, by that man, and they were given the fullness of all of the inheritance that would have been due to them as if they were his biological children. God has chosen you. It didn't just happen by accident. He looked out and he said, I choose you. And the adoption process wasn't because he signed a piece of paper in ink. No, he signed it with his blood. He said, I choose you. And I'm sending my one and only son, Jesus, to go to the cross for you because you are my child and I choose you. You need to know today that you are chosen. Maybe your earthly father turned his back on you. Maybe he walked out. Maybe you never even knew him. But you need to know that there's a heavenly father who has chosen you for you. The way that you are, who you are. You don't have to be anything other than what you are. He has chosen you. And then Paul writes, we get to call him Abba Father. You know, when we think of father, we think of someone who they're just able biologically to have a child. And most any man can do that. But he doesn't just leave it at father. He adds Abba to it. And that's actually an Aramaic word. It's difficult to translate, but the best way that we can translate it is daddy. See, it's not just this legally binding relationship that we have with our heavenly father. But when we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, we get adopted by Jesus, by, by God our Father, through the blood of his son, Jesus. And, and we, are, we are brought to him. And it's not just a legal transaction. He actually welcomes us, pulls us up into his lap, and we call him daddy. That's not just a man who fathered someone biologically. A daddy is someone who you're intimate with. My daughter, she climbs up in my lap and she says, Daddy. She whispers Daddy into my ear. And that is the relationship that our Heavenly Father wants with us. One of trust and faith. One where we do life together. One where, where we come together and we, we climb up in his lap and we allow him to wrap his arms of love around us. You don't go to your father when something is wrong or when you're in need of something. You go to daddy. Daddy, I need you. Daddy, can you help me? That's what God wants in the relationship with his children, but the only way that we can make that possible, Paul says it right there in verse 17 at the end. He says, if we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. What's he talking about? He's talking about the cross. If we're going to be called sons and daughters, children of God, living life in accordance with and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we must first accept the cross and share with him in his Suffering, And what that means for you and what that means for me is that we've got to surrender our lives. Say, it's not about us, but it's about Christ living in and through us. And today, I give up complete control 
And I choose to surrender all that I am and live for Jesus. That's what a relationship with our Heavenly Father is all about. You may have had an earthly father that's let you down, but there's a Heavenly Father that has chosen you and He wants a relationship with you so badly. And if you're here today and you would like to enter into that intimate relationship with your Heavenly Father, with Daddy, the way to do it's very simple. It's as simple as ABC. Admit, believe, and choose. You admit that you're a sinner in need of salvation. You believe that Jesus is God's son, that he was sent to this earth to die on the cross and that he arose from the dead, defeating death, hell, and the grave in the process. And then see you choose to surrender your life to him, to live his way and make him the Lord of your life. If you would like to do that this morning, then I wanna invite you to pray this simple prayer that's gonna be on the screen behind me. Let's pray together. I'm gonna pray a line and you repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness of my sins. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die in my place so that I could have life. And today, I choose to surrender my life to him and to live his way for the rest of my life. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Christ Walk Podcast. For more information about Christ Walk Church, please visit thechristwalk.com.